0: Yo, what's good, everybody? We've got Bob the Knife Junkie himself on the podcast tonight. How's it going, Bob? Cheers to you, my friend. Uh, Ray, salute. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, sir. I had to have you on, man. Um, I did this crazy run of just podcasting so hardcore for the past two weeks. I'm basically, I think this is the 10th episode I've filmed in two weeks. And I'm just going to take a break and just, you know, Create knife content and just keep putting up the episodes each week how do you go about and do it actually um i watched your episode most of it the asher knives mm-hmm. episode i yeah. loved it because i love asher knives and i as i was watching it right i was on the train and i'm like oh man bob is so good at doing this oh <laughs> man thank you oh my God. <laughs> You know what that
1: is, man? It's uh it's two things and you've mm-hmm. got them both. A love of knives and a and a love or like of people, right? Yeah. You like to get together with people and chat and you know, I've been uh I I was part of a um martial arts enthusiast community a long time ago and it was the same thing. You could talk about kicks for hours and hours and hours with those people, <laughs> you know? That's awesome. uh same kind of thing. But what you're talking about doing 10 uh 10 episodes this past week and I'm I'm envious. I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I he's got like, he's got nine weeks in the can after, you know, this week goes yeah. up and he can just lay back for a while. So uh, for me, it's feast or famine. It, and right now I'm in the famine part. And, and uh, you know, I've been a little bit slack about reaching out uh, to people because usually on a regular basis, I have to like, you know, really figure out who I want to talk to and get a lot of word out because people are busy and they don't have, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't see the first email or the first DM or whatever. And so
0: I got to account for that. But uh, it sounds like you, you have it well in hand. This is the first time I've had this many episodes backed up. I don't know what happened, but I somehow just got that juice. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, on this creative, like onslaught with the content. I mean, I'm posting every day on all the platforms right now. Um, and I don't know, like I I thought I would be burnt out, but maybe mm-hmm. like I've figured out my system, uh, but definitely I have to take a break because the lady is like, dude, you gotta,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, every, cause you know, she works, um, she works at Equinox. She wakes up at 4 a.m., goes to work by six. Mm-hmm. So by the time I'm leaving to go to work, she's coming home. And then when I get home, I'm like, Hey, I got a podcast tonight. And you know, she's like, all right. You know, what I mean? <laughs> cause she gets it, you know, I'm like, look, we, we, we you know, you want to have kids, you gotta, you want, you want to do all this stuff. Like this is might be a, this might be my thing later, but you got to just put that time into it, man. You know. Well,
1: yeah. I mean uh, a lot of things, I mean, uh, hobbies can become professions and you obviously have a knack for this stuff and a love for the, the content. So there's, there's nothing going to stop you. You have, a, you have the momentum and the energy, um, Sometimes, you know, it's got, you know, scheduling it out with, with the, with the, with the lady is a good (laughs) idea. Put it on the family calendar. (laughs) Uh, But um, I think ultimately the thing is uh, it's an it's an admirable thing to see someone want to do to reach out to other people to have conversations and stuff like that. And by saying that, boy, that was just a little sideways (laughs) pat on the back to myself. That's not what I mean. I mean, I mean, usually that's, I think how I get away with taking a lot of time away from family. It's that it's not that I'm going downstairs to play video games or something. Um, I'm uh, uh, you know, which if you're a gamer, I'm not disparaging you that, but uh, you know, whatever you need to do to, to escape is a, is, is good but um you know i think the fact that it's something productive and that you're you know you're doing the same thing you're building a catalog of work you know you're 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 building an archive of conversations and what it is is a snapshot of um a snapshot in time of of this period of the knife community which is actually a really fertile uh time you know and um I think I think what you're doing is really cool. You do these daily uh, Instagram. I mean, I really admire your 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 full like across the platform. Uh, you know, um, uh, across the internet. Uh, see, this is I'm I'm already proving to you how old <laughs> and out of touch I am. But like you're on every social media thing every day, and and you're making interesting, cool work. And what I see mostly are your little quick Instagram films. Like and I, to reels. me, they're films. What's the reels? Yeah. Mm. And to me, they're like little mini films and they're awesome. And uh, they, they're they not only funny in content, but they look good, you know? So you obviously oh, thanks, have an act
0: for I'm just trying, you know, um, I'm just trying to, you know, get ahead and just make a brand as gross as that sounds because I really love doing this. Yeah. Um, I love talking to knife people. Um, when I was on your podcast, I was so honored, man. I was kind of nervous a little bit. I was like, oh, you know, like, no, because, you know, it, it, when you're on a podcast for an hour right you can't fake anything mm. you know what i mean it's like um uh you know like kanye west was on joe rogan's for two hours mm-hmm. and then i was like oh okay he is cuckoo for coco puffs you know what <laughs> i mean like <laughs> yeah. because you know you only see like snippets of him and then i watched i think i watched like two hours and he finished it but i was like man he's like going off everywhere and uh that's how i felt i was like look i am not as knowledgeable As some of these guys that are on Knife YouTube, you know, like I I get to rub elbows with them sometimes, and I feel like, oh shit, like what is he talking about? You know what I mean?
1: Well, well, this is the this is the perfect position to find yourself in, though, uh, because. I like you feel the same way. I am definitely not up on the latest knife all the time, uh, or, or I only am in that I watch your stuff and I watch a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know what's coming out. I read knife news and, and this and that, but I'm not yeah. I'm not someone who has all the latest stuff and knows what's coming out uh, before everyone else. Um, But uh, I have this podcast where I get to talk to people and, and, and draw their knowledge without, you know, maybe it's a, it's my way of doing research. Just, I'll just talk to the people that way. I won't have to read and actually do research. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so I think you find yourself in a good position uh, for being someone who feels like you're not as knowledgeable as you want to be.
0: Yeah. I think just uh, to be honest about it, you know, like I, I, I always tell people sometimes in the beginning of like, even my reviews, I'm like, look, if you're here to get information or, or, or you're trying to get information to make a decision if you should buy something or not, like, don't come here for that. <laughs> like, you know, if you want like a uh, fresh eyes from someone like that's barely into the hobby um, that checks out nice every day, that's you're going to have this childlike wonderment about it. That's what I do. Um, I wanted to ask you about your podcast. Like it seems so polished, man. Um, do you ever script anything? I don't think you do, but no. is there ever any points that you want to hit? Like maybe I'm just asking for advice oh, for me. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, so um for excuse me, uh for a living, I produce um I produce government uh television, basically. Uh and um, I, I'm I'm fond of calling it uh softcore propaganda. It's all it's all fine <laughs> and good, but uh the the place where I work has uh you know incredible talent, uh, because when you live near Washington, D.C., you're pretty much going to work in, if you're in that industry, you're probably going to touch government or politics in one way or another, and, and I do, and I work with a lot of talented people. It's the content that can sometimes be trying, you know, mm-hmm. but at least I have good equipment and good, you know, talent around me to collaborate with. So, um, <clears throat> you know, Jim, the producer of Knife Junkie podcast. Uh, I've been producing his podcasts at work for, <laughs> um, for like nine years or so. And um, you know, that's how, that's how we decided to do this in the first place. Uh, Jim was like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, no one wants to hear us talk. <laughs> and then, and then one day I tuned into a podcast that I now like uh, uh, a lot, how stuff works. Uh, um, oh yeah. 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 Uh, I think I know it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, at first, I didn't like the hosts. I was like, man, these goofballs, I could totally do this. And then I started to really like them and realize they're just being who they are. And yeah. and, and I'm a bit of, uh, you know, who among us is not a goofball? Who among us doesn't have uh, things about their personality that they're shy about or ashamed of or whatever? So put those things aside. You don't have to talk about that or your beliefs or, or, or you can talk about your beliefs, but access them through this topic of knives and my attachment to knives is not just collecting them, which I do obsessively, which I got to work on, but also, um, you know, I was involved in knife martial arts for a long time and I haven't trained in, in, in a couple of years now. And I, and I can feel it, I can tell, you know, but, um, but that was also another way of me justifying being around knives all the time, you (laughs) know, uh, um, anyway i think i meandered uh, meandered with my uh with my answer to you
0: but no uh, no that was that was a very good answer i was i i'm trying to practice uh your way of doing these because i it's very hard for me to listen sometimes i mean you can t- ask kelly about that and she'll tell you <laughs> The times, but um, because I mean I I don't know if it's an ADHD thing, but my mind is always doing this, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, when I'm talking to someone, even if I'm interested in it, I'm trying to like, what are you gonna ask next? And sometimes that bleeds out that energy, and I, I interrupt, you know, and it doesn't help that um Joe Rogan doesn't do it as much, but the podcasts I listen to the most are comedians, right? Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of them interrupt each other. You yes, know? Yeah. And, you know some of my loyal like viewers will say like, "Dude, Ray is so good at interviewing if when he just stops talking for a little bit." And I watched your uh, episode with with uh, Justin from Asher today, and I was like, "Oh man, okay, you gotta just let them finish." You know, like highlight the guest. You know what I mean? Because. I don't know, I guess it's a defense mechanism to talk about what I'm into. You know what I mean? I don't think it's a defense.
1: I think about this a lot, Ray, because it's taken a lot of discipline and feedback, you know, Jim, like for, for quite some time after every episode, he's like, yeah, you gotta stop asking the questions and you gotta listen to the guy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This was great. I wrote the greatest. And so this is what what I was getting on with before when talking about my job. When I do interviews at work, it's a very, I gotta, everything's gotta fall within a time frame. Uh, everything's got to be succinct. So I go in there knowing what my questions, I don't even write them down anymore. I know what I have to get to to get what I need to edit, to make a news piece basically. Um, But that, that has come from writing a lot of specific questions. And that's what I was doing when I first started interviewing people on, on the knife junkie podcast was, uh, you know, I'd have a full page with just all of these brilliant questions, you know, brilliantly worded too, I might add. And I would get wrapped up in following the list, being a slave to the list, the tyranny of the list. Like I got to get to this question because it's brilliant, and I was like, uh, you know what? Really, people are not here to, to listen to my brilliant questions. They're they're here to listen to uh, answers, brilliant answers, or or long meandering answers from the guest. And the guest is here to work stuff out too, because you're asking them questions, you know, and you're having a conversation, and it's a, a it's pointed in a certain certain direction and mm-hmm. um so anyway now i just put down bullet points i know why i <laughs> want to talk to the person and we figure it out even if i don't know why i necessarily want to talk to the person so, yeah but it's always about knives and that makes it easy
0: yep um have you ever so you know it, it it's it's actually like very refreshing that the past two guests i've had on was we're both podcasters, right? One is a comedian who talks about like anime and gaming, and he's a stand-up comedian too. So this guy was just like <laughs> any question I ask him and it was like awesome, you know? But it it it's definitely a skill to try to pull more from a person, right? Um, have you ever had episodes that you couldn't air? I'm not gonna tell you like I'm not gonna ask you to name who they are, but I, I I've I've had some <laughs> You know, um, yeah. yeah, it's hard because when you ask a question from a guest um and they just give you a yes or no or or you know like a very short answer, you know because they're they're maybe they're closed up because they don't want you know they're they're scared to be on camera and things like that. um, have you ever come across anything like that where you really had to try hard to just get it out?
1: Yeah, I've had a few um and and who knows you know obviously, I'm not gonna say, but maybe, maybe if you listen regularly or watch regularly, maybe it's easier to tell. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, um, you know, I've had a, I've had a few where uh, I myself was off and just not feeling. Yeah, because uh, like you, I record at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And sometimes it's after a long day of work. Sometimes I've had three glasses of wine with dinner. Sometimes like (laughs) tonight, I was like sweating, struggling over fifth grade math and grammar, you know. Uh, So sometimes when I come down here, you know, I look in the I look in the camera sometimes and I'm like, man, look at those bags. Yeah. Uh, but So um, I don't even know where I was going.
0: Um, you know, back on the fifth grade math thing, like is that the new math? Because I've looked at that and like yes. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Math yeah. is hard enough. I know, I know. I'm man. Asian and I was terrible at math, so like I don't feel like a real one. <laughs> I guess a Pacific Islander. Right. But, like I was well, copying you... off people and they were like, What the <laughs> you're
1: Filipino, right? Or yeah, from I'm the Filipino, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm from the Philippines. Okay. Um yeah I, I i to me it's like uh yeah it's the same thing I, math was always a struggle let, let's let not try and like break up the family in this way too like you can't even talk to your kids about math we're gonna change math on you too uh, i don't mean to go down a down that hole but
0: but yeah it's like geez man the new math is hard man like they got the, all this new stuff i'm like what that's not how we did it before yeah I don't know, man.
1: It's like math is math. To quote uh, Mr. Incredible, you know.
0: <laughs> uh what um what knives are you really into? Do you have any on hand right now? Like oh, that you've been really into this week. I have a broad array.
1: Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I've been really into um well, let me show you what I carried today, actually. Mm-hmm. I had yep. I had a I had my uh Hinderer XM eighteen um and I have a special uh, Python micarta scale That's on it.
0: That's awesome.
1: And a um and a regrind on there from a guest of the show, Josh from Razor Whoa. Edge, and man, does he! It's like it's like paper, beautiful man, it's very thin, very beautiful, and uh, it, and, you know, um, the kind of lifestyle I lead. It's exciting to open up a package of ground yeah. beef with this and just have it. Th- <laughs> but
0: I've that's never about- uh, had a hinderer before. The closest thing I've uh, ever handled was was this. Oh yes. Um, Shout out to Ohio knife lovers. Sent me a bunch of knives uh, the other week. Is that the 560? Oh no, uh, no, 560 in Elmax. Um, I I I'm in this knife group with some big uh, knife channels, and I'm like, D- guys, like I've never tried this, and they were like, oh, you know, ZT doesn't do machining like this anymore. Yeah, I love that. It, yeah, it's, you it's know, insane. They, it's like just an insane like knife. It's so, you,
1: you talk about the milling on that uh, and, yeah. and on the lock side. That I had the 560 and. Um, I, so I had a bunch of <clears throat> Hinderer uh, designed ZTs at one point, including a five, five, 561 because it was mm-hmm. the one with the brown, the coyote tan uh, uh, handle. But anyway, I had that and I had a 566 and something else. Oh, the, and the 562. And I was like, gee whiz, if I sold these three Hinderer ZTs, I could afford a Hinderer. So I did that. <laughs> and I got an XM. And that's actually, that's, that's been the story of my collection. Yeah. Because I've had fits of um, just buying lots of cheap knives or inexpensive mm-hmm. knives or knives that I'm just fascinated with the design. And then I get bored of them. And then sell them in mass, and then I, you know, I get that mad pa- PayPal money, and then it's so easy to, <laughs> to spend. Hang on, let me let me let me show you this. So sure, I got this. Sure. Uh, you what am I into this week? I've been into uh, Great Eastern Cutleries really. Oh, nice. Really nice. heavily, and and also Rough Riders, uh, two mm-hmm. opposite ends of the yeah. of the production slip joint uh, spectrum. But I just got this um, beautiful. That's my favorite kind of wow. material. I love jigged bone, and in that co- sort of autumnal color, it just man, it's a knockout. It's Very got that nice. beautiful clip point blade with
0: a little bit of a recurve.
1: Yeah, which is kind of neat. And then
0: um, beautiful ha- handle scales. Yeah, that's one thing about traditionals, man. They just got these materials that like you just rarely see in folders, and um, it's just really nice,
1: really like warm. You know, and and uh, that it has a natural um, um, what's the word uh, nostalgia to them. Yeah, you know, for a period of time you didn't live in or for a person or for both, you know, I always yeah. think of my grandfather., yep. you know, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people do.
0: Yeah, very yeah. nice. I've never uh, had a GEC um, before. Uh, I've had some traditionals or modern traditionals sent here, mm-hmm. and I got to check them out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm such a fidgety kind of dude. Because like like, living in New York City, um, I'm not really using my knives in public a lot, so the main use for them is basically just doing this. So like if your action (laughs) is off a little bit, um, I wish there was like you know how they have watch watches like a Fitbit or a Whoop that Uh like measures uh you know like you when you're working out like how many steps you're taking. There should be a, a knife thing that measures how many knives you flip. How many times oh, okay. you flip your knife? Someone's got to create an app <laughs> for the for the iPhone uh, yeah. for the iWatch. Yeah, and uh, that, th- this is, the, uh, is the the BRS Evolve Overwatch. Um, shout out to BRS Evolve, Blade, Blade Runner Systems. They they sent this over and was like, "Yo, just make content with it, man." This is called the Overwatch. Uh, I just so love bad. this right here. It's a pirate knife, man. Yeah, it's like a space scimitar or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I really like that. It, it's you know it fits well within the palm, so good for NYC. Good fidget action, nice, just very nice for New York City. So I I think they really put time into it. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. you're talking about New York City, and I, yeah. I don't mean to divert from the BRS. because sure. That, sure. Is, that is gorgeous,
1: and I love yeah. the handle shape, not for nothing. Yep. It's a little a little bit reminiscent of. Uh, of Tashi Brugia, but anyway, you're you're talking about New York City, isn't yeah. isn't uh, isn't a locking blade forbidden, and isn't aren't certain other things on that knife like the fact that you could hold the handle and drop yeah. the or hold the blade and drop the handle? Yeah,
0: so the uh, the gravity gravity test thing has kind of been phased out a little bit, from what I know. Oh, uh, sure. I think Knife Rights and I forgot who else helped do this, but I don't know if that information has been spread widely enough to the officers that will enforce laws, right? I've asked officers and detectives and retired officers and all this, and every answer I get is different, like literally every answer. (laughs) Most of them do say that if the blade fits in your palm, you're good, right? But at the same time, it depends on why you were frisked in the first place. So I never carry like with the pocket clip Mm -hmm. when I'm on the train, I just avoid that altogether. I never use my knives in public. I'm always using my knives inside uh, this the, my shop or, or, you know, when I used to work in an office, the people there were cool. And they were right. like, you know what? Oh, that's Ray. That's He's cool. just a knife guy. Let him yeah, fucking yeah. use this shit, you know? But, um, I just am super safe. I don't do backflips or cartwheels in front of police officers or anything. Um, I mean, I, I I guess I do tempt fate a little bit because I, I, you know, carry a tactical bag every day and I have patches like Benchmade patches, like Blade Banter's patch, uh, React knives. So in hopes that someone on the train will, you know, just give me a nod like, yo, what's up? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like it hasn't <laughs> happened in years, but You know, um, yeah, I just I just never gotten frisked and had a knife on me. Um, I never carry anything in my backpack because that is what they're allowed to search in the subway Mm. bag checks uh, every month. Oh, I forgot about that. So put a table out in front of the turnstile and you. yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. So I've never gotten frisked or anything. I've only gotten bag checked once. And it was because this is when I worked in a really high end like jewelry, like firm or whatever. And um, they sold like, you know, diamond necklaces that were like 200 K, you know, and uh, I was wearing a suit and tie. I had a ponytail. It was raining and I had a very like decorative um, kind of like katana, like umbrella, oh. but, the, <laughs> the, but the handle yeah. of, of the actual umbrella. Um, I know that this has been bootlegged a lot, but I had like a really nice one, like, you know, handmade and all that. And I was just carrying it. And they stopped me. It, this was in Penn Station. They were like, hey, you know, and they, they said some pretty racial stuff, man. They were like, hey, you come know, we here had, with the samurai. Like, similar. we had to stop you because you had a kamikaze case. <laughs> 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 like what they looked at it with an umbrella and they were like no i was like officer is this illegal and then they were like no but you know just this is good for home use you know because, especially now dude yeah, like, yeah, Get yeah, him! Yeah, yeah yeah exactly dead meat
1: <laughs> he has hey, a come. green card <laughs> <laughs> he's no, gonna but, try some chop soggy on
0: yeah, us Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was the only time i was ever uh bag checked in new york city man i've lived here since 1987. um you know, let's go back to you for a little bit. People always say this, like Ray talks too much about what. Do nah. you, you got to do the guest. Um, how do you uh, you, you know, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, Thursday Night Live stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Thursday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thursday Night Knives, Sorry. Um, no. how do you uh, is that like structured in a way, or do you just go live and have people on, or is it like by surprise? Or so it's pretty
1: much by surprise. So how how Ooh. we st- how we started that is Jim was, um. Nagging me in the best way, as only Jim can. Um, Jim and I are, have a great partnership because uh, we have different temperaments, and yeah. we rely on each other's temperament. Um, well, to, to do this show, uh, uh, he, uh, you know, he was saying we got to do some live stuff, and I was hesitant at first, and then and then we started. You know, we we picked a time Thursday night. It's kind of worked into both of our schedules. And initially I I thought, well, I've met so many cool people. I should have a co-host each show and have a rotating, you know, uh, you know, rotating group or just people that I vibe with like Alex Tissot. um, He's awesome, man. I've had him on here.
0: He's he's so cool.
1: Yeah, that was a good podcast, man.
0: He landed me Nick Shabazz, man. Uh, he's the one his episode was the one that nick watched and that's why nick got on here he was like i love trance music too oh my god he, was like, he messaged me and i was oh, oh man but alex is the one that did that oh uh, man yeah he's a mensch he's he's
1: you know he's the real deal uh alex and yeah um so you know uh oh so uh, we started doing that and and then and then uh, you know sometimes times it would just be like people weren't available or whatever and and then i did my first one without it without a guest and i was like oh okay i can do this this is mm-hmm. fun you know it's just me blabbing i just turn on the c- camera and i just start talking and people are leaving comments and we're having a little conversation and and uh it's funny cuz i'll 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 find myself going and talking and jabbering and i, I get in a groove and i'm you know, I'm like, man. Listen to me. I'm just talking and talking, and then a comment will come up, and I'm like, I'm like a dog with a shiny, you know, like, oh, squirrel. Like, yeah. and I forget my train of thought as if everything I was saying before that was totally <laughs> meaningless. You know, forget everything I was just setting up because I forgot it because that came up, and maybe that's just age or who knows. But, uh, um, yeah. So, uh, so Thursday, and I've so now I've stopped doing, um stopped kind of inviting on co-hosts. I mean, it's fun, not out of like, um, you know, it wasn't like a purposeful thing, but I just started noticing it's actually really, people just kind of come on anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Ryan, Ryan Lightner, Ryan um, of Spirited Blades Mm -hmm. on YouTube. He's, you know, he's a collector of some very, I mean, he's, he's a connoisseur, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's like. The high end stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Like every time he comes on, which is pretty much every week, he does his grail call and he shows all these. I mean, yeah,
0: he's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And and I don't know any of the names. Maybe, you know, here and there, I'll (laughs) I'll know some of them. But it's the same thing like what you were saying. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, geez. okay, I I know I I really know nothing about I am not a maven. (laughs) But that's the whole point. It's like talking to Levon of Knife Nuts. To me, that guy's a maven. Oh, a maven. Knife Nuts! Yeah, I, I I'm in yeah. a group chat with him, and and he's so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, he's got everything before it comes out. He knows. I mean, just from watching his his Instagram, he's really really tied in, and uh, you know. So so meeting people like that is a real thrill. And then meeting, <clears throat> excuse me. And then meeting uh, the people who are actually making the knives is a is a real thrill, you know and and uh, I'm sure you're seeing this with your podcast, but you know, there's no boss telling you what to program. Yep. You're following your whim. Lately, uh, I'm I'm really into slip joints, and 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 uh, a spirited blades like, oh, I just got a new Birdvist knife, and i thought, I've never heard of Birdvist knives. <laughs> Let me check this out. I fell in love with it on Instagram. Reached out to him. He's like, sure, I'd love to come. You know that. So the point is, you can you can kind of follow your your own, um, you know, where, where wherever your current desire is taking you. It's pretty nice, man.
0: I think that's the beauty of podcasting. And and I try to get, you know, I, I remember when I first discovered Joe Rogan's podcast, I was like, what? This fear factor guy does this crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. So I watched like all of them from episode one, dude. Right. Cause I was working in an office long hours. So I was mm-hmm. just like I listened to all the way from episode one when I would run out of the new episodes. And um and yeah, he just talks about like whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Like he would have a fight companion podcast and like they'd be watching the UFC fights and they wouldn't even talk about the fights at all. You know, so that that kind of became like my slogan for the podcast was like we talk about knives sometimes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that's I mean, there are plenty of podcasts that are gear specific already. So like, why don't I just try to humanize? you know, some of the content creators is, is the people that I've been going after because that's my core group. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, now I'm getting people from outside the community uh, on here and, and podcasting is, is therapeutic for me, man. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a very introverted guy already. And yeah. I only I really talk to these people on my podcast more than i do like people every day outside from family and my fiance that's it
1: right right when do you sit down and have you know this is something joe rogan always mm-hmm. talks about but when do you sit down face to face with someone look at them and have an hour-long conversation exactly or it, it it just doesn't happen I mean, it happened in college a lot, yeah you know when yeah. you're drinking and smoking and just like hanging out and, yeah. and discovering and exploring ideas but mm-hmm. um yeah i think i think uh you know, I guess, I guess when I go to parties, but yeah, I don't go to parties that much I, anymore, I, but <laughs> you go to parties. That's what I love about going to a, to a party mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know anybody here, <clears throat> or I, I only know a couple of people here or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, and you can, you know, I mean, sometimes the vibe is off and you just don't meet anybody, but other times you can, you can really walk out of a place, uh, enriched, uh, that sounds so corny, but you know what I mean? Like you,
0: I know you what you mean. Someone though. unexpected.
1: Yep. Cause a lot of the times I'm like, I'm like, no, baby, I don't feel like going out. I feel yeah. like hanging out at home mm-hmm. and now oh, we got to go do this thing. Okay. We go do this thing. And I'm like, then she's dragging me out. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the podcasting is a, um, is therapeutic and, and there's, there's also nerves that go into it before. Uh, before an interview, especially for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, before Thursday Night Knives, it's like, it's like, ah, God, we, why do we start at 10? I've been like, <laughs> uh, I've like digested pasta, yeah. had some wine, did some math. I'm ready for bed. you know? <laughs> did some math, And then, and then we, and then the camera turns on, the lights are on and it's, and then it's, and then it's a, a totally different energy.
0: You know, speaking of nerves, actually, that was that is one of the questions. We're going to get to some fan questions right now. Um, There is a dude named Seems Logical. I don't know if you know of him. He's Mm. a he's a big fan of yours and a big fan of my channel. He's the one that actually said, hey, this is a no brainer, but you you should have Bob on here. Yeah, I've I've seen his uh, 30 page uh, comments. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I love yeah I love him for that he's he's very well thought out very well spoken dude, um, but there was a, oh yeah here here you go so because I have one of these too was there any guest who you were nervous or starstruck talking to?
1: Yeah, uh, um, Ernest Emerson. I was very oh, snap. very excited to get Ernest Emerson because uh, he's he's been a, a uh, you know I've, uh, the commander in. The Emerson Commander in 1998 was my first. Like, oh my God, tactical folding knives. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you basically take all of those awesome knives from the from the 90s and 80s movies, and you shrink them down, and you fold them, <laughs> and you have the Commander. And like, so uh, he's been a big hero of mine. And plus, he he trained under uh, some of my heroes in martial arts, Danny yeah. Santo and Richard Bustillo, and and he's just a badass. And he's built up his company. He's just a nice dude. And we had a great conversation, but leading up to it, I was nervous because I was afraid there was going to be technical problems, which is the worst, you know, yeah. uh, you, you know, you know, you get it mm-hmm. set up, ready to go, and then there's problems. Um, and uh, talking to Ed Calderon was a bit like that too. You know, I was like, oh my God, this guy's been on Joe Rogan podcast, but you know, <laughs> really that doesn't, you know, that just, that just means he's a little bit outside of the, yeah. or he exists in
0: the knife world and in mm-hmm. other worlds. Um,
1: so yeah, that's yeah, awesome.
0: I, I had uh, Ben Peterson on here uh, Oh yeah, yes. and I was She's that crazy. was the most nervous I've ever been. I, 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 I had Shabazz on here. I was a little bit but that one I was like, you know, I was psyching myself up. I'm like, don't miss your moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I always say that, like um, but with Ben, I was like this, when I first got into Knives, I think they just started Knife Banter uh-huh. on Blade HQ. So that was a big part of my knife childhood, I guess, you know, even though that was like 2016 because that right. I've only been into the hobby for that long. Um, and, and, and man, he was such a nice guy and uh, I got to learn a couple of things about him and, but yeah, I was so nervous, man. I, well, I, he's, I, he's I, a knowledge. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you here, but no, no what, it's a, fine. what a knowledgeable guy that is, mm-hmm. uh, not only that,
1: but polished media, you know, he's a polished yes. media guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, very comfortable i'm sure he made you feel comfortable in your own nervousness
0: he's so good at being on camera and i i was encouraging him i was like dude do you know that you would like make a killing right now as an online like media personality like everyone loves you already yeah and you're so good at this you know and i was trying to like kind of you know like push him into it because because if you don't i feel like if you don't start right now. Um, and you're going to wish you started five years later, even with podcasting, some Mm -hmm. of the big personalities that I've met that I know would be good at it, Mm -hmm. I try to push them. I'm like, listen to me, dude. This has happened in every space except ours, right? Um, In five years, everyone's going to be podcasting. And you're going to want to put those roots down right now Mm -hmm. and have your fan base and have all that. So you're going to have the leverage to take on whatever projects you want in the future. You know what I mean? Um, You know, if, if anything... I started this channel, you know, 2016. I didn't really start popping off until I did the podcast. And, I, and before all that, I was doing mm. all this slick editing work and getting the color right and watching Peter McKinnon do his B-roll and doing all this stuff. I stopped doing all that. I don't do that that much. And I just podcast and I'm popping off way more now than I ever did. So I think long form video content. Is going to be a big big thing in the knife community if it isn't already i mean there isn't a lot of long-form video content you're doing it i'm doing it a couple of other uh smaller channels uh shout out to carlos edc but you know there isn't a lot aside from the lives right the lives are kind of a big thing right now um i did my first live last week oh how was it how did you Uh, like it it was i had my girl on um kelly Uh, we do a patreon every week um And we just watch like really crazy videos on the internet (laughs) that that are way too hot for YouTube probably. Okay. (laughs) And, um, you know, the one, I always talk about this one. There was like a wedding. I don't know what country it was in but they started like setting fireworks off like in the <laughs> chapel. <laughs> they were like shooting fireworks at each other. <laughs> so it's like, like your it's like your own
1: ridiculousness.
0: Yeah, something like that and people really vibed it. But yeah, so I had Kelly on and we were just getting drunk answering questions and tomorrow I'm doing that one chip challenge. I don't know if you've ever seen these where mm-hmm. they eat like the Carolina Reaper with the Sichuan oh, uh, seasoning on It's one chip. The chip is black. It's called the Pocky One Chip Challenge. It's been going around on the internet. Um, the two tw- two 2020 version uh, is out. And uh, I'm doing that tomorrow. <laughs> so so, I, yeah. I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah, oh, well, to advertise that I'm doing that, I did it last week. That's why I did that live. I wanted to test it. Man, I didn't even have Super Chat set up. Because I, I, I wasn't monetized until like two days ago. Like, oh, I, even though I could have been. I was just like, you know what? Let me just um let me just get cash flow from Patreon. But I didn't realize that in order to allow people to do the super chats where they give you the stickers and all that, mm-hmm. you have to be monetized. Like you have to. If you're okay. not, like they can't do that. So I did it. But yeah, I'm doing that tomorrow. And um the challenge is you have to eat this chip and not drink anything for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a macho spice guy? So I love spicy food. I use hot sauce every day and sriracha, but not anything like that. You know what I mean? I I did the hot, you know, the hot one show where they eat the chicken wings. Yeah, so I I did a version of that called Sharp Ones where I had fan submitted questions and my girl was the host. And I did eat the same exact sauces from that show. And I did make it all the way till the end. But even the hot ones guy, when he ate this chip, was like this is crazier than the show, so I uh, a little bit, you know, um, I don't know why I did that. It looked like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Ooh, I, I didn't know it was know that kind I of did. show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, with with the lies, man, I, I I definitely have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, um, and and and
1: uh, you're okay. So I uh, I'm gonna talk about you for a second because, yeah. um, you know. You said people shouldn't come to my channel if they're looking for, uh, you know, I know you do some specs and stuff like that, but like, yeah. you're not going there for information you're going to, no. but, but what, here's the thing, people are going there for you. Yeah. And, and you can, you can say that about a, a number of creators I follow on, on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. in the knife thing. That's pretty much all I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not so into, into social media, but I, I really like the knife aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but you tune in because you like the person, and you want to find out. You. Yeah, you want to hear the person. Yeah, and with you, it, it's that. It's it, it's not just that. You obviously know what you're talking about, and you're a little
0: bit, but not it, crazy.
1: Well, I, you I mean, you're obviously taking in knowledge and learning, but you know, mm-hmm. same like me, and you're surrounding yourself with people who yeah. can, who can uh, you know offer you information. Mm-hmm.
0: That, um, yeah. For sure. I mean, I uh, I love knives as much as the next guy. I may not get into the specific specifics of it as much as you do because I'm in New York City. I am just flipping knives all day. So aesthetics and action and ergonomics is the top things yes. I'm looking for oh, yeah. the steels. I'm not going to get into it that much. I'm like S 35 VN. Okay. That's good. M390, even better. And all the other stuff like L max and all this crazy. I'm like, I don't know any of that when I have to talk about it in a review, I literally just copy and paste from nice deal nerds.com. Yeah, I yeah. put it in the video and I, Oh, I, my line is, and I stole that from KnifeSteelNerds.com. I say that in the video. Like right, I credit, right, them. Right. That's basically what I do. Um, but I, I'm into the hobby as much as the next guy. Uh let, let's get to some questions. Yes, um, yeah. Uh what's your favorite knife shape and why? That is from Notorious Plunderer on Instagram. Uh I'm I'm gonna assume blade shape.
1: And uh lately yes. lately it's been uh it's been the Cliff veering into the hawk bill, but that's just temporary because yeah. my heart is with the the I can never say it the Bowie Bowie Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Ohio so I yeah. say Bowie. Uh it's it's with the Bowie. I love that shape. Um I love on a on a on a on something like this. Yeah. You can have a sharp Whoa. back end. This one does not have a sharp. Uh, yeah. But I love the, the swedge. I love it for its fighting history. I yeah. love it because it's uh, quintessentially American, though, I mean, the Bowie shape showed up in history mm-hmm. long before Jim Bowie. You know, you can see it in the Navaja. You yeah. can see it a little bit in the broke back sacks, you know, from, from uh, you know, Great Britain and, and Northern Europe, I guess. Um, yes. But
0: uh, I love your- the. I love and the Warncliffe. Bowie. Bowie yeah. and Cliff. Yeah. Did you watch that show Deadliest Warrior Ever? Yes, like, I did. I love that show. That was such a cool show. So they, they, did they, they ran out of like the warriors. <laughs> so they I, ran out like Yakuza versus like... They, Mon- they never, I don't
1: think they ever did a Moro. I mean, I was waiting. Oh. It's like the same thing on Forged in Fire. They've never done a Barong, mm-hmm. which, is, which is my favorite Moro sword. Wow. And, uh, and um, I think they should. <laughs> yeah. I brought it up. I, I talked to Jay <laughs> Nielsen. I brought it up with him. He's like, oh, I, I swear we're going to do it soon. <laughs> but
0: I don't know. Um, there's actually a question in here about that. Uh, you mentioned, this is from Seems Logical again. Uh-huh. You mentioned that you practice Kali Escrima, which is Filipino martial arts. Have you ever been acquainted with anyone who was in HEMA, historical European martial arts? And if so, are there any similarities between two schools? This guy is too good. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, um, I I have never been, I've never met a
1: HEMA um practitioner well I shouldn't say that I've never really talked to a HEMA practitioner about it but my daughter does fencing my older daughter does fencing and at her fencing academy off on one side you know on Saturdays or whatever they they do a lot of HEMA there it's a um it's a really good fencing school but they also are into this European uh Uh, fighting or the the, um, historical European martial arts Mm -hmm. and I do notice some similarities but I mean I and and I've I've chalked it up to um, there are only so many things the human body can do with a stick-like sword-like object you know and um, but there are and 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 here's a caveat to what I'm about to say I don't know how good these guys are you know I can I can walk into a Kali school, I think, and kind of gauge like how good mm-hmm. it is, but I don't know, you know, Hema so much. But um, uh, I would say that there is some overlap in long range stuff. Yeah, uh, how they mm-hmm. handle, uh, you know, because in Hema you're dealing with a much longer sword. In in Filipino martial arts, they're they're about 29 to 30 inches, unless you're talking about the kampilan, which is their big sword. And then yeah. that's a much bigger thing. But, uh, but on the whole, almost all of the swords are around the 29 inch area and smaller. And, yeah. and so uh, there are some different kinds of uh, techniques that you'll see uh, with uh, Filipino staff mm-hmm. that also look a bit like long sword uh, with the way they kind of do yeah. these helicopter moves up top mm-hmm. and the funny the interesting thing about HEMA and the European broadswords uh is that through uh a lot of history it was only about the the last eight to six inches on both sides of a double-edged broadsword that were actually really sharp
0: wow. Every,
1: everything else was kind of blunted for a hitting other people's swords but b mm-hmm. mostly it was used as a bludgeon because you have yeah. uh, a sword with a with a cross section that's that's symmetrically kind of you know what would you call that football shaped basically stretched out i get it and and you're focusing so much force on that edge it's like you're smashing against armor you don't really need an edge yeah You you need something that you can smash that armor in around that person's body and just like brutalize them tenderize them with and then eventually you find a spot, and then you you know, stick
0: it in, you know, yeah. <laughs> through the armor. I mean, yeah, I with the top, but you, yeah. No, I mean uh, that's really cool, man. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I've never practiced any of the Filipino martial arts. The martial art that I learned in the Philippines was kind of like it was called Bastican, and the, my sensei was a Japanese Filipino. Um, guy. And um, I'm sorry. I am now only hearing you. You were frozen okay. for All right. a second there. How about now? Do you hear me right now? I do. Loud and okay. clear. All right. So I've never practiced like Kali or screamer or anything like that. I've um, taken in the Philippines. I was only there till, till I was about seven. Mm-hmm. So when I was like four or five years old, I took uh, classes and it was a karate style called Bastekan. And, um, the, the sensei was like a Japanese Filipino dude, but I, I feel like it had a lot of, it implemented a lot of like trappings and things mm-hmm. that I w- you would see in movies today that are using a lot of Filipino martial arts, like John Wick and stuff like that. That's like yeah. all Filipino shit. That's what they said. yeah. Um, but a lot of that close infighting type stuff is what we focused on, um, just like end the fight right away kind of stuff, you know. But mm-hmm. like infighting. So yeah, I, I, I'm always curious, man. Like I, I discovered Doug Marquesa shortly after I mm-hmm. got into the um, the into folding knives, and I was like, this dude is Filipino, and he's just like doing it up, you know. Jeez. How long did you study that? Uh, let's see. I started it in.
1: Um... Well, I did Kempo Karate um, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the nineties, and mm-hmm. and the school I went to it was in Philadelphia was very uh, progressive. Um, you know, martial arts can get very uh, polarized, and yeah. and 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 what's what's the word when you atomized? You know, people mm-hmm. break off into little factions. Anyway, this was a Kempo Karate school, which uh, Kempo is a very kind of progressive martial art. Anyway, uh, Ed Parker, the founder of that um, system was uh kind of in in similar circles or new bruce lee and kind of some of the mm-hmm. ideas that were floating around in the 60s in california and stuff like that so he was very open to to bringing stuff in and mm-hmm. so we did a little bit of stick uh there never any knife and then i moved to new york in yeah. um 97 or 6 and went to uh God, that school. was
0: the dark new york still no, 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 no. Oh wait, was... no, actually that's late 90s. So yeah, it was it was just cleaned up. Right? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. yeah I was like the benefactor
1: up. of all yeah. that, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, what are, what are they all talking about? This place is great, holy really safe. <laughs> it's like everyone did the hard work the last 50 years before <laughs> yeah. I showed up. But uh, I, I went to uh, Anderson's Martial Arts. Anderson's is, man, they, they are thriving. Great, Dan Anderson is the Sifu there, amazing school. You should check it out there on Instagram. Uh, But I I walk into their school to watch a, I knew I wanted to do Jeet Kune Do because of what I had read. And I like, I like the idea of Mm -hmm. use what's useful, reject what isn't. And, you know, I'm not a very doctrinal doctor. I don't, I'm not, I don't buy into doctrine or dogma too much. And uh, I I felt like that's, that's, I don't, I don't want to speak in someone else's language. I just want to learn how to fight and protect Mm -hmm. myself and be, you know, kind of, You'd be a be a man around the ladies if I had to be whatever <laughs> whatever my motivation at the time was anyway you know I, I go into Anderson's uh, martial arts and I see a knife sparring class there wow. this was kind of an intermediate I was like oh my god you know they had the fencing mask on they had the uh, boxing gloves on and wooden knives or whatever their practice knives were and they were just going at it going after the hands and the face. And I watched that class and it was a full on uh, colleague class. So they were doing some sparring and they were doing some technique. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to do this. So, yeah, 1998 and trained there until uh, like 2007 or so. And then I started kind of getting lazy and falling off and then work got in the way and all these excuses. And then and then I left New York, came came here to outside Mm -hmm. D.C. and then did it a while here, too.
0: So. Mm-hmm. It must have been fun, man. I, I like martial arts a lot. I feel like what it taught me because I, I, I did karate in the Philippines. And when I came here, we were I mean, you know, at that time it was like 87. Um, and growing up, we idolized Bruce Lee. Yeah. And, you know, we were watching martial arts films all the time. Right. Because it was like Asians. That's the only thing you had to look up to. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no Asians on TV right so we were just watching all that stuff and uh, I feel like it really taught me a lot of like balance and just like growing up I was always like oh why can't these kids my age do that you know what I mean like it was so easy for me and I think because martial arts taught me how to you know, like balance on one leg or like, whatever, like be, be, be flexible. Like I was doing splits and I was like five years old. They were, they were like, you know, great sir son would push you down even though I'm yeah. five, like he's pushing you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really feel it's important. I, t- I told my girl, I was like, yo, when we have kids and she's, she's, uh, she's into it too. Cause she's a boxer. Oh, nice. So yeah. she's like, yeah, we're hundred percent. They're going to learn jujitsu. So- They're going to learn <laughs> like some kind of striking skill. <laughs> so you and your wife should check out pan and actually yeah.
1: you can take that at uh anderson's martial arts but i'm not not here shilling for him (laughs) but uh that's where i learned it and ponentukin is uh filipino boxing and it's dirty dirty boxing with headbutts and elbows and and knees and uh um um filipino empty hand uh fighting is so cool because it has a lot of western boxing which Mm -hmm. a lot of people are familiar with Mm -hmm. but it's always changing lead so you you're ambidextrous you you learn how to uh, fight in southpaw or regular lead which which freaks regular boxers out sometimes. Yeah, um, in my experience, and and uh, and they do a lot of like uh, they call it um, destructions. So uh, a punch comes in, and instead of just slipping it, I'm going to slip it and throw my elbow in the way so that he's punching my elbow. Yeah, now, now his fist is broken, and he's concerned about that. And now I rush in with my eye gouge, headbutt, knee, and elbow, and all that right. kind of you know the close fighting you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think uh, like a lot of it has to do with the it's very uh, crafty. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's tricky. And I think maybe part of that has to do with the fact that it's developed from a blade art
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, because this is all stuff that you could put a blade in the hand and it would all work.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, It's developed and a culture that is physically smaller in stature.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Breaking down. So imagine you, you've got a big European all Mm -hmm. well-fed coming at you and you're a Moro living in the jungle Yep, and you've got a blade. Uh, you're gonna break. You're gonna disassemble him as he comes at you. are not gonna try and rush in for mm-hmm. his heart. You're mm-hmm. gonna you know, like defang the snake, cut his hand. Yeah, yeah. You know. So anyway, Filipinos. St- I-, I love the Filipino martial arts. Uh, like like everything about them they're they're just uh, aesthetically pleasing they're interesting and and mm-hmm. and i i i i'm pretty sure they're pretty effective if you're good at them but it takes heart you know it takes being tough and all that other stuff which you know doesn't yeah. just because you practice martial arts doesn't mean you have those other things
0: yeah you got to put in the work too you know and it's 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 very i always say this like i tell my girl this um you know like have you ever gone into a fight ever and she was like, never. And I'm like, I I had to fight all the time. Like in New York City, growing up as an Asian kid, mm-hmm. going to a school that didn't have a lot of Asians, I got picked on all the time. Like if you didn't know how to stand up for yourself, you're just going to get, you know, like beat up every day or whatever. But um, yeah, like, you, you know, real life application and all that stuff like comes into play too. Uh, let's take in another question yeah. here. Uh, so this is from Blade Banter. Shout out to him. He's a homie hey, of mine. Is he planning on creating a brand or collaboration? On his knife design goals, uh, huh? I was just thinking about that this very same
1: day. You know, I've <laughs> I've I've done a, I've I've noodled around with making them for fun. You know, I I never plan on becoming like a knife maker. Yeah, um, uh, only just for fun when I have the time. Um, which will be at a, at a different time later on, but I've designed books full of, of, uh, you know, sketchbooks full wow. of, of knives. Cause you know, uh, I went to art school, uh, so I'm always kind of doing something creative, but I haven't, you know, done fine art in a long time, like where I'm just like, I'm going to sketch out my feelings. So it, <laughs> it's basically, like I'm going to sketch out my feelings in, in the shape of a knife. So <laughs> I, I would like to, at some point, uh, uh, do that i feel like in order to take the step into the physical realm right now we're in the theoretical realm because we're just sitting here talking about knives and that's what i've been doing with the podcast and Mm. even that's what i do and that's what you do with the videos you get the knives out and you show them off but uh to to take that jump into the physical world of making them i almost feel like i not that one but i need to kind of not be doing what i'm doing during most of my day which is work yeah so that's yep. the you know what i'm saying i kind of feel like that might be a retirement encore mm-hmm. thing because work takes a lot of energy young kids take a lot of energy yes. and uh but but i do know like david himself you know he's mm-hmm. in the same situation but he's got yeah. he, you
0: know he's knocking it out of the park yeah he designed that uh the orion solaris uh very such a cool great night, actually i i like it man yeah i think my only uh my only uh, complaint about it, and I, I really love the knife, actually, was like thicker than a Snickers, though. You know, that's. Like <laughs> and I told I like I, him I, I that, too. But I, you know, for a button lock uh, of that price to be that smooth, it's like you don't get that, really. So I like it, man. I, I loved it. And uh, he, he's such a cool dude. He takes. Oh, you're part of the Apex Faster on group, yeah. too. Yeah. Isn't that like such an awesome oh, dude. thing? But before and we David takes care of all of us. Oh, yeah he facilitates the whole thing. I got to say, like, he was
1: very impressive to me because I had him on the podcast and Mm -hmm. talking to him, you know, I, I always have something that I I really want to talk to an individual about and for him and, and, and same thing with Asher knives, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're a regular dude knife Mm -hmm. guy who is now making knives. You know, you have taken that step that I've uh, fantasized about and, and uh, thought about and, you know, what are the steps you're taking? And someone like David, uh, David Cam of uh, of o- Orion, um, Orion Knives.
0: Yeah, Orion Knives. Yeah, yeah.
1: But what's the name of the knife itself? Uh, Solaris. The Solaris. He um, had, when I was talking to him, he had every aspect of this project considered and handled you know what i mean down to the box down to the the extra pen that goes in there Uh, but even even more than that like you know listening to 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 other uh reviewers and Mm. and and um kind of averaging out the things that people are interested in what they want what's valuable to them in a knife action good action good actuation uh Mm. good ergonomics great slicey cutting blade you know you kind of put all that stuff together yeah and it's a neat looking package, too, I got to say, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily my ball of wax, because mm-hmm. I, I tend towards the uh, high speed, low drag, as Nick would call it. I like the, the kind of tactical, brutish yeah. looking stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love David Cam's knife, and I, I want to get that knife.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I liked it, man. Um, let's take another question here. This is from Zach Stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Cheetos or Doritos? uh doritos cool ranch with black coffee okay uh before or after handling knives. <laughs> after <laughs> quite clearly oh that that was actually a very a <laughs> good point a very funny dude yeah. one of the first kind of like bigger guests that i've had on here when yeah. i was i don't even know if i had a thousand subs at that point but uh it, it's funny because cool. he's like part of like that my he's, he's part of my graduating class of knife youtube um you know david cam blade banner uh-huh. jt's knife life uh love the knives patty's potato peelers these are the, the guys that i've kind of yeah your generation <laughs> yeah you know what i yeah. mean like everyone has their own generation um and yeah zach uh you know like just climbed really quick and uh, the fact that he did it i was like oh thanks for doing it man you know he's such a cool dude yeah um let's do another question here um, how do you budget buying like EDC gear or, or knives? This is from uh, Barkin EDC on Instagram. How do I budget? Uh, hmm.
1: Well, I don't no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. No, no, no. It's, it's kind of, a, I mean, at this point, I'm in kind of a rhythm. I have a lot coming in and I have, a, I, no, no, no. I don't have a lot going out. I have a lot that comes in and then I'll do purges mm-hmm. and mostly that's on uh, blade forums. And mm-hmm. that's where I've had the most success. Um, really like,
0: sales. What's that? You mean sales? Or trade? Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's where right. I, that's where I uh, have the most luck. I've put up uh, sales videos. Never, never had anything happen. Wow. It's funny cause I see slicey sales videos or yeah. and a lot of others and they just go and love seconds. them knives. The king of oh, the yeah. sales. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Whoa. Exactly. So maybe I'm not swimming in the right waters with that one, but, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but in terms of budgeting, really it, it, it has COVID has been awesome. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I don't mean that, but what I mean is it's been, it. you know, we haven't been spending money the way we spend money regularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, um, uh, you know, we, we live a, we live a nice lifestyle and, uh, but it's not extravagant or anything like that. Um, But it just seems like maybe, maybe we eat out a lot
0: Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to figure (laughs) out like, how did like, I think eating out a lot is the one, cause that, yeah. cause me, I, my girl and I don't have, we really don't have an extravagant lifestyle, man, because, okay. you know, like I, I don't even want to divulge how much. You're dear, dear I young,
1: so young no, people no, living no. in New York City. Of course you don't.
0: No, I mean, I, I, I live in an apartment that is a two room, one bath, living room place that's under a thousand. We got lucky, yeah, but that's, I, that's I go stupid. outside and and people are, you know, there's chain gangs. But I mean, like, <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, like we don't do much aside from uh, going to the movies, but we had an AMC movie pass for that. So that mm-hmm. only cost $20 a month. So like yeah. you could go to three movies a week for, for that $20 a month, right? Which is which is a great deal if you're a movie fan. Yeah. That that would be our date. And then we would go out to eat. But since COVID hit, I'm like, man, I'm putting away some dollars here. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I think that's what it is, eating out, you know? Well, I mean, to to to
1: address that question, thinking about it too, right? and I I do have kids, uh, and but but thinking about it, you know, uh, I I'm I will be fifty in August, so Mm I'm I'm I'm, you know, I, it's it's in the winter, you can tell my age because I grow my beard and you can see the, uh, but ordinarily I I, I'm more like a twenty five year old, maybe twenty six. I feel the
0: same way. I'm going to be forty in January. I feel the same way. I, I I am actually joking. You're going to be forty in January. Yeah, in January. I'll be okay, 40.
1: okay. But really, I mean, actually, I do feel I do feel pretty young. But but my point in raising my age, which I, I feel like I've done a couple of times tonight, mm-hmm. uh, is is that I, I have I've been talking about this a lot with some of my peers. I've kind mm-hmm. of reached a point of kind of like, all right, I, I don't kind of I, I know it's important, and I really don't give a damn about much else. Mm-hmm. And, and the stuff that I do care about is. It, it's, it's all on me. And it's like part of my extracurricular life or whatever, but with the, with the budgeting for the knives, it's just like 10 years ago, getting a $60, uh, cold steel was like, it's something I thought about for a while and, and mm-hmm. planned for and everything. And, you know, just over, over time. And as you age, you accumulate more money. It just kind of happens, you know? And, uh, and so, And maybe you start earning more money, and and like that, and you know the thought I I used to. Oh my God, I used to bristle. Not mean, not just think like, uh, oh, I I don't need a hinderer. I would, I would get, I would get like, man, what the fuck are people doing? Paying four hundred dollars for a pocket (laughs) knife, and now I'm like,
0: four hundred bucks. That's That's a a great deal, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Like,
1: I mean, not, not I gotta get
0: that (laughs) Shiragorov. You know what I mean? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah. Now, now that that being said, I, I that is not true like the last uh uh, i'm pretty sure this is accurate that i think that this was the last big knife purchase i made Uh, probably not. but 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 you know this harsey i don't go dropping 200 or 425 bucks often but i got this because i love it and then worth uh, it totally wow totally i mean but totally in my case yeah if you only have 450 bucks left obviously don't yeah but uh I had, uh, wow, I didn't man. have uh, Curtis Iovito after our interview offered oh, to, I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. Like, I can see the stamp me right your there. knife and your logo and I'll wow. engrave it. And I was like, oh, how cool! <laughs> that's so cool, man. So, uh, so awesome. So to me, you know, like this is something I'll never get rid of now, because yeah. not only do I just love this knife, by the way, this is, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of money on a knife and it's a lot of money, yeah. For a luxury, I mean, this is a luxury item. This is something totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to spend that money, this is an awesome thing to spend it on.
0: This Spartan Harzi folder is so oh. not a hinderer then, because Metal Complex is like, get a hinderer, bro. Oh, Oh, wait wait that's I wasn't I wasn't saying I wasn't <laughs> saying uh, uh
1: to the exception of anything else yeah. I was just okay, saying gotcha, this gotcha. Is, if you have a, a hot nut for this go for it <laughs> yeah. uh I I love hinderer and and I grew up in Ohio and so mm. I have an affinity not only I mean I've always even if I didn't know they were in Ohio I,
0: I dude that grind is so this. cool man yeah
1: like, Whoa,
0: bro damn that's so nice and you can see all the I love it when you can see the yeah the The grinder lines right right um that's so awesome man yeah i'm getting my to check out my first tinder uh now i didn't buy it you know because i'm yeah broke as fuck but um slicey dicey uh sent me one of his i'm going to be able to check it out soon but i'm curious man i I podcasted metal complex two times and he's basically brainwashed me into thinking that like those are the knives to get so i'm definitely going to check one out um let's do it Yeah, awesome.
1: They are super awesome. Let's have another question.
0: Yeah, let's do another question. Um, Let's see what we got here. I'm going to try to do a non. Oh, okay. So this is kind of a funny one. Are you aware of your famous doppelganger? Hmm. bob demarco four-time pro bowl center of the saint louis cardinals no i did that bob demarco is now 82 years old but are you two related in any way that's oh logical God. dude this guy is like so good that's awesome no. i'm gonna get a picture of that to louis, it in here.
1: i don't think that's that's cool i i love that um it's funny because uh, when I first moved to New York and I went to Chase Manhattan Bank to open up an account, mm-hmm. I gave my name, Robert DeMarco. She typed it in and like five million Robert DeMarco's in New York City pop up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought it was a cool name, man. <laughs> but, no, I, I love I love it because I love my family and all that. Yeah. But uh, uh, no, I don't think so because assuming <laughs> assuming if he's 80 years old yeah. and, and he probably at that time, not that I'm a huge football knowledge about uh, yeah. He probably was from St. Louis. And I don't think we were related to DeMarco's in St. Louis. But I I love that kind of question because DeMarco is kind of like
0: the Jones of Italian names. (laughs) Um, Let's see what else we got here. Do you still have that Cold Steel Tonto from 1987? Oh, hell yes. If if so, what steel do you think it is? That's from Me With Knives. A very big supporter of this channel, by the way. Shout Ah. out to him you know me with knives the funny thing is is before we started doing this I was gathering
1: knives around me that I might mm-hmm. want to have
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: like I should go get the tanto you know from because I wanted to ask you and I'm going to ask yeah. you what your favorite junk drawer knife is oh, um, but I was okay. like I was like that the tanto has been next to my bed since college mm-hmm. uh, or, or high school Jeez, uh, you know high school because I got that before I graduated from high school so it's been around for a long time next to my bed I should bring it down and you know show it off and i didn't think to anyway the steel what are they doing vg1 i think VG1. cold steel yeah i know i think cold steel used a lot of that's more was... like cold steel <laughs>
0: <laughs> old, old steel the old steel
1: VG, yeah, i think it, i think it might be vg1 uh because they've also used a lot of uh sk5 or that i guess that's later that's more current this wow. is the late 80s we're talking about so who knows what that's
0: a, that's when i came to america in 1987 that's 1987 correct. yeah wow. yeah that's so awesome and man. i was
1: at the randall park mall outside of cleveland buying my first cold <laughs> steel knife imagine wow. that. wow yeah you could they had a remington knife store there it's a it's a it's a hulking i think it's demolished by now that the mall but uh uh yeah, it was a place you'd go in and and I used to lust over the, the Gerbers. Uh, yeah. The LMF and the BMF, yeah. the, their big survival knives and all that. Yep, oh, yep. Was, so cool.
0: was there a lot of knife stores uh in New York City when you were here? There was a place in uh um Flushing I, Meadow Park, Flushing Meadow? N- no, there was a oh. place in Times Square,
1: like oh yeah. Uh, Rose Roseland Martial Arts is what it was called. And there was oh, a woman okay. named Rose and her and her husband, and they owned this, and it was giant. It was one of these uh spaces that's now probably occupied by either a restaurant or one of those huge camera stores but basically you'd walk in and it was it was wide but it was a hallway you know it Mm -hmm. went very far back and they had you know eight million karate geese and all sorts of training dummies and stuff over here and then they had this long glass case i mean ray
0: i'm talking like 40 feet of knives and now as you know like there's that's not happening there no it is not man i i I check out like army surplus stores sometimes. That's pretty much what you have in, yeah. in the city. Um, uh, there, there's this dude that sells knives in in Flushing. They're, like, I mean, like when he's showing you stuff, he's like, like, look at him. You know what they pushed us to? Yeah, man. they're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's very rare. Oh, they do sell knives at, uh. uh the guy ta- taught me how to say Peragon. it. Paragon. A uh, Paragon and also uh, y'all Raven, which is no, like no, no, no. they make the bags. They're a Swedish company. Oh, they make okay. the bags that say uh, it's like F J A L Raven. Okay. Uh, I had him on my podcast. He works at the at a retail shop here. They sell like Elco's, James Brands, uh, Essie. Oh, so cool. a lot of the out they're an outdoor company they have like you know but but like like chic outdoor like a little bit a little bit outdoor yeah you know that you know he was like how do you i was like how do you pronounce it is it Fajal raven he's like say it like a southerner y'all raven i'm like oh Oh, yeah yeah, you know so yeah y'all raven (laughs) (laughs) um let's take another question um uh this one is you've got a lot of fans here because they're asking questions that they definitely tune into you. So this is from Greg Bourget or Bourget. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. He's from Instagram. Uh, ask Bob if he's dropped any knives on their tip lately. So you must have said something on a podcast, Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. And, I, uh,
1: oh well, uh, not lately mm-hmm. because I'm. I think I'm learning. Well, no, I'm not. I, I just yeah, have to I'm be very learning. careful over ceramic. But mm-hmm. here, I do have one that is just painfully chipped. And 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 I've shown this off before. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of you see how it's I kind of sharpened the ed, the tip a little bit. Yeah, it chipped yeah. off. Mm-hmm. To try and make it a little bit like a what is that? When I a it? micro tanto. Uh, this is a um, your
0: Jimbo two or your, your Jimbo, Jimbo
1: one. This Did is the this is the number two. Yeah, the two to two, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's in twenty CV steel. Not but it's in twenty CV steel, mm-hmm. and uh, any steel would have. I mean, I dropped it my, on my kitchen floor, and it just went yeah.
0: in slow motion.
1: It's yeah. amazing. It felt like this. <laughs> you and know what,
0: then... <laughs> You know what's really bad is that like um, the last time I dropped the knife, I was taking pictures of it. I was trying to do like a pocket check picture uh-huh. on Instagram. And I was holding a VDK Strix in my hand. It's four hundred dollars. Oh, geez. not mine. It's not mine. But I was doing it for the gram, man. And yeah. I dropped it. And then I I felt. And what I, when I went to the Apex Fast Round Group, I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I will buy this knife. This knife is defective. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I dropped it. I will buy this knife, right? I actually had some money saved up. And I was like, but that was gonna deplete me, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't make a lot, so I'm like trying to save for the future and shit. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. Kelly, like, you gotta freeze your eggs. I need more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus, you're living in the most expensive place ever. So, oh, it's so expensive, man. Um, but yeah, like I I went on the Apex Astron Group and the Therapeutic Edge got that from from Vlad, like the VDK. Oh, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so oh. he was like, oh, just send it back to me, and I'll talk to Vlad about it. And and I they didn't make me buy it man this is that's how i know the knife community is so freaking cool dude so cool so yeah. Cool. So that, um,
1: that's the uh, tanto the new tanto
0: yes yeah. it was Jeez. it was it was uh anodized in, in 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 a green that they don't even offer yet so mm. i was like fuck dude <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. messed up so bad i didn't know and and in the apex fast around group at the very top it says this is not a user <laughs> like, oh my god do not do not carry this do not <laughs> yeah 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 do not I, drop this I didn't. Really <laughs> you can carry that, it just don't you know? drop it yeah. um yeah man but yeah that, that's a, that's a, that's why I'm i'm in this community for a while man i just love the people in it yeah they're so cool it's like they're uh I would say most of the people I've met are like really good examples of like human beings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're all just trying to be kind to each other. Yeah. But... There's a, there's a lot of generosity, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Hey, how does it feel to be uh, the guest on a podcast? Do you do that a lot or like uh, I, I was on Alex's podcast. Once oh snap. Yeah. yeah. And, and
1: about... yeah. Oh, oh, that, I thought it was fun. I'm loving this too. I mean, it's, yeah it's great because uh you know no pressure <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, the conversation goes where it goes but yeah. um uh hang on before we continue with that mm-hmm. i just want to get to the broken tip thing really okay, quickly okay yeah go ahead good and and you were talking about the community and how great it is okay. and i, I okay. want to plug uh someone in the community and yep. so so this is my um new issue you know i got this when they first came out and i'm not wow. like this i don't like Wait for things to drop and jump on them, especially mm-hmm. if they're this expensive. But I really, really wanted the DLT No Choil. Um,
0: um, is it Eclipse or something? Or? No,
1: no. This is just the, the XM18 with the Warncliffe blade. Okay,
0: cool, cool. So I,
1: I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Hinderer Warncliffe. And so mm-hmm. when this came out, I got it and I was. You know, it was like one of those things where, like, damn, I'm 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 gonna just spend the money. Like, it's not like I have PayPal because I sold some knives and I'm yeah. working things around. It's just like I'm gonna flat out buy this, and wow. I don't do that that often. I did that with this and felt felt great about it, but <laughs> uh, I dropped it like a damn like a week into it. I dropped it again oh, on the kitchen floor, man. which is porcelain, and chipped the tip, and it was it was like i'm just gonna throw this thing out at this point you know just oh, forget no. it it's all over no, i'm just kidding <laughs> uh but i sent it to jared neve uh neve's knives yes he's sharpening is awesome is, dude he does it all freehand yeah. and look at what he did to this tip i mean he removed enough to m390 this way to repair the tip this way without wow. without affecting the profile of the blade i mean he did a beautiful wow. job
0: yeah, you know I mean, like he didn't make it
1: like some little sliver is what I'm getting at.
0: You know, he's super into that right now, man. Um, I, I actually uh, I did a podcast and I've been talking about this project for a long time because I'm super hyped about it. There was a dude on Instagram called Blade Chops. And what he does is he takes knives that are pretty large and he'll chop them down in a way. And this is all done by hand, too. Mm-hmm. Dude. But like it looks like it's factory. OK, it's like he'll 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 slim down uh, anything, anything um, uh, like like like, for example, this. I mean, a lot of people will be like, no, you don't need to slim that down.
1: Yeah,
0: he he, uh, he chops it. He chops the blade as well as the scale. So it's proportionate. Oh, cool. Every by hand. So I had this guy in my podcast and like something just clicked like towards the middle of it. And I was like, dude, why don't we do this? I'm going to send you a knife. You're going to chop it. We're going to send it to Lindy Lou and Richie B. They do. Yeah, they're going to do uh, whatever wash they want on the blade. And then they're going to anodize titanium. Then we're going to send it to Neves knives. Jared's mm. going to put an edge on it. We're going to make content along the way for each of our channels. And then. I'll do a very big showcase of it on my channel and then we'll do a podcast to talk about it. That's brilliant, man. Dude. That's a great idea. And they were like, yes, we're doing it. So it's with blade chops right now. And I'm, I'm so hyped for it because I know everyone is like really into it and um, I think it's going to be really cool. I, I don't see a lot of that kind of uh, cross uh, channel kind of you know, work. You know what this is? This is yeah. um,
1: exquisite corpse. Have you ever heard of exquisite corpse? What's that? It was a thing that the, um, there, there was a group of artists in the early 20th century called the Dadaists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcel Duchamp is the most famous yeah. one out of them. And, uh, and you know, they were all about absurdism in art. Mm-hmm. And they, they would do this thing when they were hanging out drinking absinthe, where yeah. they would take <laughs> take a piece of paper and fold it up, you know, a bunch mm-hmm. of times. And then yep. one person would draw a head, they'd unfold it so that it was blank. The next person would draw the chest and the torso yeah. and the arms. And you'd get around the room and then you'd unfold it and you'd have this, this this exquisite corpse, yeah. this person that was wow. just created from all these different people, but it yeah. was this amazing thing that you would never have unless you had the input of all these people. I think that's a good idea, right?
0: Yeah. I, I think that that, you know, that's, that's, what's fun for me is like creating content based around like our hobby, because I think that is probably my main hobby is making content, you know, yeah. and, um, dude, this has been a great podcast, man. Before we wrap, which I yeah. feel like, I have a theory I need to bounce okay. because I've been, go ahead, go ahead, about this and, and
1: I, and I, and I, I bounced it off my wife and she was kind of like, mm, I think we need to talk about this, but <laughs> I, th- I think I'll bring this up here. And okay, I, sure, I, I sure. want to, so I, I, I'm always a question that I was kind of like, why knives, you know, why yeah. not wrenches? Why not hammers? Uh, you know, why not uh, whatever other tools? Why are people mm-hmm. like us so fascinated with knives? Why is it an ever-growing community? And why is it that you can go up to many people, I'm not going to say everybody and show them a cool knife in a non-threatening way. And they will become fascinated. Yeah. That's, that's been my experience, especially with men, maybe not as much with women, but women too. And, and I think I've come up with a theory now it's a working theory and it's got a, I got to flesh it out and think about it more, but this is basically what it is. So we're, you know, to be a human or part Mm -hmm. of being human, like a major part of being human is living Mm -hmm. in groups and cooperating Mm hmm. OK, so part of cooperation and living with groups, even if it's a group of two like you and your girl in that apartment or a group of 150 or a group of 350 million, it takes a certain amount of compromise to live in a group. So that means you have to divide resources and people are all on board so far. But then when it comes to dividing, people get really squirrely. Uh, I'll divide a a cookie in half or a muffin in half and give it to to my daughters and they scrutinize it. Like, why'd you give her that piece? Like, I don't know, (laughs) that looks like it might be a little bit. (laughs) So part of why we like knives, not only does it give us the ability, not only do they give us the ability to, to uh, acquire resources, whether it's through hunting or war, but they allow us to, uh, divide the resources in the most trusting, accurate, uh, precise way, so mm-hmm. that when we have to make a compromise with our fellow tribe mates, it's not like we're hitting it with a hammer and dividing up all the crumbs. Mm-hmm. We're, we're cutting it neatly and, and, you know, bisecting or hemisecting mm-hmm. or whatever it is, cutting things up and handing them out, distributing resources that we're compromising over. So I think we appreciate the precision of a sharp blade, spiritually or Mm -hmm. or or epigenetically for that reason i know that sounds like maybe a load of horseshit but
0: i think that's part of it um i i was thinking in my head i was like all right here we go right i was like getting the grind you know like i said my brain goes like this i i um i think that's part of it but i i the reason why i got into it was because um i watched a lot of martial arts movies before Mm -hmm. you know there's weapons in it and um I didn't think about that aspect, but I think that has to do with it. Is that you're going to be able to use this tool for things like that, right? Which is uh, very primal, like the way you described it. It's like, we're going to be able to divide things equally and we're not going to smash things to bits and like try to divide it then. But I also think there is a factor of uh, like, like, I mean, like like danger to it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this is a dangerous thing, but it's like really cool um there's a lot of that as well as like sublime i think is the word for that sublime mm-hmm. Something that's beautiful but also
1: dangerous kind of yeah
0: like, yes yeah. so that's why most people when you show them a cool knife in a safe environment where you're not trying to like like i'm not if i go on the street and go like this hey check this no, out yeah, yeah, yeah i'm gonna probably get tackled by the police but then um you know if you're hanging out with a buddy who's not into knives doesn't know you're into knives and you guys are like just at your house or at his house and be like hey dude you know like look i, I just got this the other day like you know what do you think of it and you flip it open they're gonna be like oh man that's crazy you gotta kill people that's what they say in new york city yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but there is a fascination with the fact that it is this dangerous thing and then once you get into like um uh like the engineering and like you know how smooth it is and things like that, that also plays a factor into it, man. I that's a good that's a good thing to think about, man. I've never really thought about that. And we're all we whatever that thing is, whatever the answer to that is, we all have it. Whatever yes. theory or sickness it is, yeah. we have it because when I flip open a new knife, or even if it's a fixed blade, I've gotten fixed blade sent into here. I'm like, I'm 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 like just you know, vigorously just like studying like what the scales look like, even though like, I don't know how to describe it myself. Something is like attracting me to it, you know?
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, 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 There's a um, uh, quote at the beginning of one of the books I have. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's one of the translations of, of, I think the Iliad or the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I love those stories for, for, you know, the same reason everyone's loved those stories forever, uh, because uh, they've got everything in them. But uh the beginning of one of them says steel has a way of drawing men to it.
0: Yeah. And you have there to you. say it like that to make it so- yeah. <laughs> I love it. You have to like puff up a little. Yeah. <laughs> steel has a way. <laughs> bob it has been a pleasure having you on man if there's ever anything that i can do for you uh let me know this is a big i mean almost like favorite to me dude you know because you're definitely beloved by the community and um you know some people who have never even like listened to uh, my episode were like oh yeah i love the knife junkie you should have him on i was like i was on there they were like oh shit then they look up the episode (laughs) uh people are definitely checking you out man you know and um you know you and me dude i, I think we're gonna be the video podcast like kind of thing and uh I, I can't wait to see like where we're at in in five years time you know um yep well ray uh, thank you for having me on it's been a it's been awesome just to hang out and talk with you in <laughs> in
1: your context without any pressure on mm. me to like how am i how am i gonna you know what am i gonna ask him and this <laughs> and that it's been it's been awesome and I, I love what you're doing i think uh I think that, uh, and this isn't the mutual admiration society, but I, I <laughs> but I do have to say, I really think you're like really doing create creative stuff, and I like that. Uh, it's not just one brand of thing. You're not just mm-hmm. doing knife reviews. You know, you know, you're you're doing. You're kind of like me, and you mentioned ADHD before. Like yeah, I've, you're,
0: it's there. <laughs> you're, touching, you're touching it all, mm-hmm. and
1: and I think it's great. And I love I love your little IG films. <laughs> oh man, thank you. I mean, so I consider much. them films. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, man. Um, everybody, follow the knife junkie on Instagram and on YouTube. Check them out if you, I'm sure you already do. But this is your boy in the NYC. It's me, Ray, and this is the EDCCP saying peace. Yo, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit that bell icon so we can squat up in the comments.